0: I'm Barry Worthington. And I'm Charlie Keegan. And this is the Progress of Unity podcast. Well, Charlie, just me and you today, I'm surprised Pete's not here because he went for one apiece.
1: And I think I actually have to send a little bit of an apology to Pete because I, I laughed at him <laughs> a bit after the 1-1. Even on Twitter, I was laughing at him. I was like, get out of here with your 1-1. But no, he's bang on the money with the with the prediction. I went for a 3-0 and obviously we were never going to get that in the end.
0: I mean, I gave him a bit of stick as well last week about it. And when we went one up with our own goal, a freestyle own goal, I thought this is it. The floodgates are opening here. And we had a couple of chances within 10 minutes after that. I thought this is it. I was thinking your scoreline was going to be more, more right, but it didn't turn out that way. Quick run down through the stats. Cheltenham, 47% possession to the last 653. Attempts, 18, hour four. That seems a hell of a lot, man. On target, six. So, Latics 1. We'll talk about that one effort we had on target later on when we discuss the penalty, and uh, we'll try and keep our laughter contained for that one. Corners, 6 for Cheltenham, 1 for the Latics. Fouls committed by Cheltenham, 15. Latics, 12. Two yellow cards picked up by Cheltenham. Latics picked up 3. Reckick. Shaw and Jones. He likes picking a yellow card up, doesn't he, uh, Omar? I-, I was a bit worried because it came early in the game and I thought, I can see a red coming here the way. I mean, it was a bit of a strange challenge as well, What it did, weren't it? It
1: wasn't fully necessary, I don't think, but it's always going to result in a yellow card. and We'll get on to the-, the subs just in a second, but when Kel Watts, I could see him getting ready and I thought, okay, this is... A change for Omar Rekic. Very, very smart. And then obviously they pull up the board for a deco to go off. And I thought, oh, there's a red card in this now. But luckily it never came.
0: That pitch looks a little bit bobbly. Uh, I'm not making excuses for us here, but it did look a little bit bobbly. It's upset our game floors ever so slightly. But there was one thing that I did notice right at the start. Marshall Goddard, He had gloves on.
1: That always affects a player's game, doesn't it? Every single time. I remember Josh Windows when he used to play with gloves, people around me used to start shouting, get them gloves off. I thought we started, actually, as I wanted us to. I wanted us to come right out of the block straight away. and I thought Jordan Jones was going to be our biggest outlet, crossing him in from the wings. Obviously, we saw that he set up Godot's for the Peterborough game and obviously he ended up setting up the first goal in ours. So I thought it was it was good the way we started and the sort of waves of attack. Then Goddo hits it off the post. Easily could have been 2-0, but on another day, maybe. It just wasn't to be on, on this day. Maybe it could be your bobbly pitch wasn't helping on that one but that was a little warning shot in the end and I think Cheltenham reacted very well to it and I know a lot of people are upset with how the game went but we also need to remember that Cheltenham under Daryl Clark are a completely different side than they were when they had Wade Elliott there as a manager he's done really well with them so far Darryl Clark and he's got a history of turning clubs around I know when he was at Walsall and Port Vale they were struggling even when they went to we started out at Bristol Rovers they were struggling And he achieved a lot of great things with them. And I wouldn't write them out of the League One fight just yet. I think, obviously, we're still so early in the season, anything can happen. I don't think they can... F- Cheltenham can keep up this intensity for the whole season but there is progression under him and, and we need to not get bogged down with how this game went really because it was always going to be hard
0: Talking about the start of the game for the first 10-15 minutes you know, we, like you said it was wave after wave after wave and we was we was attacking them we was cutting through them with, with loads of room I thought Jordan Jones played really well possibly our standout player going forward attacking threat I'm going to give him a, an assist for that goal can't claim it absolutely not but he can have an assist for it and it was a little bit unlucky from them look at the, the replay on Latics official pans round right to the crowd you can see in the crowd's reactions it's a sort of resignation that they're going to get absolutely tonked there's nobody shouting there's nobody having a go to our players they just seem to be sighing as well, to say, here we go again and that's how I felt at that stage I thought here we go we're going to pick up here and you know you have mentioned Godot it's in the post I thought that was a great ball from from Langie that put through it just bobbled a look a tiny bit and was out of his stride, so he couldn't hit it first time. And he had to carry it perhaps half a yard further on, and then hit it, which I think cut cut his angle down. And then Stephen Sessing Young as well had had a great cross from the right-hand side, but he he smashed it across rather than floating it, and Humphreys was at the back post, and it it zinged over his head. So with three reasonably good chances, though, within the first 15 minutes, I think what, what you've mentioned there about Clark, I think what he did, he got them to to turn the game ugly and that that game became really really ugly all the space was gone they worked so hard to me they look like a really poor side I'll be honest with you but there's different ways of playing football I mean under Liam Richardson we find that we could play a certain way and it won us the league just by battling and I thought they did that exceedingly well yesterday at Cheltenham I thought they they did they, they did the ugly stuff as it should be done. thought we struggled to cope with it at times.
1: On the pre-match presser that Daryl Clark did, it was saying that their squad is a million miles too big and it's also a million miles off where he wants them to be. He said they lack in quality. They have a lot of quantity, but they haven't really got the quality to compete with a a team like us. And you could see that when they came into this game, like you said, they were going to play ugly. But imagine if you're a fan of Cheltenham and, and you support them and you see... The fight in that team, you'd be proud of them. And we need to kind of understand that perspective a little bit. We don't, we couldn't play pretty football because that's what Cheltenham weren't there to do. I was a little worried about injuries. And obviously, I, I said in the first half, I thought there was a red card there. And I was worried about our players getting injured, especially somebody as tricky as Marshall Godo and Stephen Humphreys, who want to keep the ball close to the feet. The way that Cheltenham were playing, say Humphreys got past somebody and I know it happened to Lang a couple of times, he would get past, and then one of their plays would hack him down from behind. And I thought, okay, obviously they knew they were going to get booked. And that was my biggest worry yesterday. But then if you're a player and you're seeing them kind of fouls going in, you're naturally going to step off from the intensity that you're playing at. And I think that that was ultimately our biggest problem is we were second to everything in the end. Headers, we we didn't get up for I think mean, Cheltenham won pretty much every header in our box, even outside the area. Going in for 50-50s, we were backing out a little bit. And I think that... There was just that I don't want to get injured in my mind, and we saw Ceson go down injured in in the first half. But one of the things that frustrated me, and I mentioned it on Twitter at the time, was when Rekic got booked. It was Goodwin who went down, and you could see the bit of performance theatrics going down. And as soon as the referee booked Rekic, Goodwin was up and carried on. And I thought that's your game plan is just to try and rile us up and put us off put us off our stride and. Credit to them. They did it well and they they battled well for a point. But yeah, we just couldn't play anywhere near the level that we wanted to play.
0: You mentioned about First to every ball. I thought they won every first ball. and They won every second ball as well. We we were just lacking that. We didn't seem to win many many headers, especially in midfield, and we were losing possession there as well. Just go right back to the start of the game. The first thing I'd, I, we should have talked about, but we didn't, was the team selection. Tittle racket, Hughes, Morrison, Cessin, Young, Shaw, Adico, Jones, Goddard, Humphries, and Wang. Now, stress Barbara Adico though, because I was quite surprised, Charlie. If I'm being honest with you, I thought the way Scotty Smith played against Peterborough and with what Shaw Malone has been saying that I thought he'd have kept his place in the team. I really did. Uh, I'm not saying that I think he's a better player than Babar Dico, because for me, Babar Adiko is absolutely sensational. But I thought, because he's been out suspended, we had a brilliant win on Tuesday, I thought he might have come back on the bench and then been introduced in the second half. Did it surprise you?
1: It did. I really thought we were going to stay with Scott Smith and Shaw, and I, I almost wanted that as well, because... Like, to put in that performance against Peterborough that they did, you know, with them two in the midfield, we played incredible football that took it all the way to Peterborough. We won 2-1 and they've just gone and battered Cambridge 5-0. So it just shows just how impressive our victory against them was. So I thought that there was going to be a bit of a reward in that with Scott Smith and Shaw stepping up. I, I did kind of think that Adico was going to come in, in on the bench and I'm not saying that Adico didn't deserve to start because he's been great all season, but yeah, I think it would have been nice just to reward Scotty Smith a little bit and, and give him the starting place back.
0: Yeah, I think when you look at like what's happened with, with our other suspensions, I don't know Charlie Hughes came straight back into the team, but but both Callum Wangan and, and uh, Charlie White have been out on suspensions, haven't they? And neither of them came back into the team straight away. In fact, Charlie White didn't even make the squad when he came back from suspension and Langie found himself on the bench and then the, langie has been gradually Introduced back into the team So yeah It did surprise me a little bit But maybe Sean Maloney might Old Barbara Deco In such esteem That he he, You know He he wanted to reward him By putting him back in the team And then again We don't know what Scott Smith's Fitness status is like But he brought him on After 23 minutes So I don't think it was uh, It it was that uh, Poor And that was the other thing That that early substitution as well, I think... Do you know I think that threw us a little bit? Because it's upset our uh, the way we were set up. I know it's hindsight and I'm we, looking back, but at the time I was a little bit surprised that perhaps when Sessi Young went down, we didn't bring Pierce on and move Reckick across to the right-hand side, so we keep that, that shape, whereas we brought Smith on and sort of played him out of position. I know played it before, but it's not his real position, is it?
1: No, and you know what? It kind of reminded me of a game last season where Will Keane went off injured early on in the first half, I'm pretty sure it was. And I think, remembering back then, it was a lineup that we all felt pretty confident in. It might have been the Coventry City game that we played, and we all seemed pretty confident in the lineup, and we are playing good football. Keane goes down injured, and it completely threw us off our rhythm. And we kind of had shades of that yesterday, because I would say that that lineup that we played was... Probably one of the strongest variants that we could have done. To be honest, I wasn't actually quite sure which position Sessegnon was playing because I swear everywhere the the camera pans, Sessegnon was there. He was in the box one end and then he was defending at our side. Then he was right. Then he was in the middle alongside Adiko. So I wasn't too sure where he was playing. But as soon as he goes down injured and Scott Smith comes on, and I know Scott Smith can play right wing back or right back. He has played there before under 21 level and I think he did that against Leicester City under 21s earlier in the season so he can do it but yeah I just think it completely upset our rhythm and it kind of gave Cheltenham that little bit of a boost to okay let's take the game to them they rocked a little bit and we just never really recovered from that
0: and within five minutes of Session on going off they've had one chance created down our right hand side which has been swung across and then they get the penalty which came from a ball from the right hand side again, Barbara Deco makes a challenge in the box. And I think everybody holds around up and says it was a penalty. It sort of gives us a little bit of a weakness where perhaps we've had, it's been our strength down that down that side, hasn't it? You know, what did you make of the penalty? I mean, I've said I thought it was a nailed on penalty.
1: Yeah. And I mean, initially it came from the free kick. I'm pretty sure Liam circum took that one as well. It was a, a cheap free kick to give away, but obviously they were going to be playing for free kicks, trying and get ev- as many people in the box as they could. They know the danger is from set pieces at this time because open play I didn't think they'd have much going into it obviously they did in this game but yeah cheap free kick to give away the header was almost cleared but then they just took it out to our right swung it in and it's one of them that I understood what Adico was doing, but maybe it's just a little bit rusty because he's, he's not played <laughs> the Peterborough game and you're coming in trying to make a bit of an impact, trying to get that ball clear and you've just caught the man. I have no arguments against it. It's a penalty all day long. If it would have happened to one of our players in the box, I would have been screaming for a penalty and you know I would have been happy with it. I don't think Cheltenham could have said anything against it. So yeah, and the actual penalty really good it was drilled straight down the middle sam tickle would have had to make an outrageous save to get it because there's a lot of power behind it i know he, he did get something on it but just not going to be enough to keep that out it was very well taken
0: so 32 minutes in that, that penalty struck the back of the net but at that stage then the game had sort of swung away from us hasn't it and that's when all the ugly stuff were coming in and it, it, when you think about it it, it you know, does it tie in with the fact that Session Young had gone off and we'd lost that impetus down that side? I don't know. But as we move into the second half, it's more of the same. Cheltenham were, were, were good value for the points. Uh, they could have snatched a, a winner uh, the, the inside of the post with a, with a, quite a, a good effort. But I feel a little bit reluctant to talk about this, but we're going to have to do. I mean, we could have snatched all three points as well, couldn't we? Stevie Humphrey as well. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean you just saw his face I saw a tweet that he put out last night Saying that he's learned a big lesson These things happen he, He's probably in his mind He knows what he wants to do And it's just not converted to his foot It was definitely a penalty Goddard had a little chance earlier on didn't he, At the near post Where he's trying to To one past the keeper Then he's, he's come in On the watch Got tripped up Going after the ball penalty awarded and you're thinking all day long this is in. he's gonna absolutely drill this in the back of the net it's gonna set the net with it and and go into orbit and what happened Charlie what happened there
1: yeah I mean big get out clause you're struggling in a game where you just want to nick something and penalty is the best opportunity to do it and I think Humphreys just totally overthought what he was going to do you just need to put your foot through it just like circum did against us just rifle it make it really hard for the keeper to save but you don't want to place those kind of ones and obviously he's held his hands up, he said a lesson's learned, he definitely won't do that again but you know, you score some, you miss some, it wasn't a great penalty but I'm sure the next time he gets it, he'll, he'll be fine so
0: I'm not going to hold it over him. I won't give anybody any stick for missing that penalty. I mean, is it the target? I mean, he said that's all you can ask. Well, I don't think it is all you can ask. I think we'd expect a little bit more from that, a little bit of, a little bit of power behind it. it. Reminded me of one of them, you know, when you've got a kid in goals and, you, and you're taking penalties against them, you're giving them a chance to, to save. It was one of them I was I I'm going to put it in that corner, though. you just roll it? Mm-hmm. And the and save was like one of them. Stevie Humphries, well, and that would have been, what would that have been his eighth goal of the season as well? To put that in. We've had him down for 10 before Christmas, are not we? So he'd better, he better do it now because we've said he will do. So we would better <laughs> do it or we'll be going to see him. I'll be honest with you, we're going to get games like this all season, aren't we? Games that we're expected to win because we're team in good form, playing against a team that's not in good form. Due to the very nature of our situation with our club and the, the kids and everything else, it's not going to work out that way. And I think yesterday... Uh, was one of those occasions but just have a look at our league form since the last international break As we've just come into it now six games with one defeat one draw the rest are wins i mean that's just sensational stuff isn't it
1: yeah i would have taken two or three wins in between the last international break and now i thought that would have been good for us to pick it up this is still a very very inexperienced side i know there's some there's some experience in it but you look at the the bare bones of it we've got Tickle, Hughes, Morrison, Adiko, Godot, they're all really young players. So and I can't get upset with them for, for drawing this game. You know, we went 3 0 down against Charlton in the first half, but we bounced back well in the second half. So they learned from that. This was a very different game to all of them. We're still out of the relegation zone. We've lost just one since the last international break. We're through to the next round of the FA Cup. We're already through in the EFL Trophy. You know, this game again on Tuesday really is a nothing game because we're already through. I think Tranmere are already out, so I didn't want us to take our foot off the gas up until Tuesday. Maybe you know they they slightly did in this game, but yeah, I can't get upset with them at all. And you just look at the the run of fixtures from the last gate from the last international break to this one, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. It's been very intense and. That's what well, our third away day in all of that. So, not a result I wanted, but I can't get upset with it really just because of how much effort they've given since that last international break.
0: I 100% agree That Substitutes, just, we've already mentioned Smith for Young that I'm on 24 minutes. You mentioned also about what's coming on for a deco. That was on 57. And then Josh Stones and Callum McManaman came on for Wangy and Gotto, Marshall Gotto, on 75. Callum McManaman couldn't really get into the game. I didn't think when he came on, it was uh, that ball just seemed to be bobbling all around his feet every time he got anywhere near it. I thought Josh Stones did well. I mean, he was up against Curtis Davis a seasoned professional who actually made his debut for Aston Villa against Wigan Athletic in the Premier League over 10 years ago. A player who's played a lot of games that he was up against. And I think that would have been a good experience for Josh, whose birthday it is as well today. So happy birthday, Josh. 12th of November, 20 years of age. And we've got ourselves a, a super player in that young lad. But I thought he did well when he came on. He chased every, every lost cause, didn't he?
1: Yeah, and you're always going to get that from Stones, even if you know, they're on the break and we've seen it many, many times. He'll run back and chase and I can't remember which, which game he played it against, but there was a time where somebody was breaking down our right side. So they're left going down and he was charging after them and he made a good challenge. And then it reminded me of the Wayne Rooney one. I don't know if a lot of people have seen when he played for DC United and then he ran all the way back to come and defend and, and got it and then put the ball forward. Josh Stones reminds me of a player that really really good obviously we know his attacking side but to come back and defend he's also really good and like you say just 20 years old when he's 23 24 he's going to be some player and he's you know physical he's he's big he's strong so he's going to be a, a forward that's a huge handful for a lot of defences I hope he's still
0: with us then he's full of enthusiasm you can tell he wants to play football he wants to play for us and it's great to see. It's great to see these kids coming through. Absolutely made up with it. So what? We drew at Cheltenham. be County drew at Cheltenham. And uh, just outside the playoffs, one apiece, same score as us. So th- these things are going to happen. Kel Brook, the referee, give two penalties. Uh, both were penalties. Was he any good? Well, I don't know. I mean, he, again, the game, the game flawed, And there was the odd, decision here and there but there was nothing controversial and that's what you you know you can forgive the odd mistake can't you you don't want to see that controversy so well done Calbrook Man of the Match as voted for by our listeners on both Facebook and Twitter it was close between Sam Tittle and Charlie Hughes it's gone to Latix number 6 Charlie Hughes so he's the man of the match congratulations Charlie for the game at Cheltenham and that ties in nicely with moving on to international call-ups we've now got eight players away on international duty that in itself is some achievement this season surely
1: yeah it's brilliant and it always makes me sort of proud to see the mess that we were in a few years ago and obviously we knew how bad our Academy got rinsed with everything we had to get rid of them. And we had a lot of good players like Alfie Devine, who obviously has been called up as well recently. And then like Joe Gellart and your Jensen We ended up losing them and we all didn't know where where we're at. But now we're what, just a few years on from it and eight players being called up. And obviously McGinnis and Jordan Jones, seasoned internationals, they're still going away. But to have Sam Tickle called up again for the under-21s, amazing for him. Charlie Hughes getting his first under-20s call up. I know it's the elite squad or something now, but essentially it's under-20s. Marshall Godot was on their standby list, but now he's he's ended up being called up. I don't know who dropped out, but great for Godot. He definitely deserves to be up there. Liam Morrison is Scotland under-21's captain. So obviously he's been out a few times with them, but definitely deserves it. And Talo Asgard called up, but had to pull out because of his ankle injury that seemed out until Christmas, but... He's becoming a big regular in the Norway side now. And then Baber Adiko obviously going away a lot with Ireland under-21s. And I've watched a few of the Ireland under-21s games and he slots right in. He plays great football with them and and they're all doing really well as a team in their, in their Euro qualifiers. So yeah, it's really, really impressive stuff that Maloney and Riak are doing to get all these international call-ups.
0: Yeah, I, I saw uh, Sean Maloney's interview on Lattics official talking about the Shelly Hughes has been called up, Sam Tickle's been called up. He couldn't hide... His pride, he was absolutely beaming and it, it was so nice to see, so warming. He mentioned Jordan Jones as well, saying that he was desperate to get back into the Northern Irish squad and he had to get back into the Wigan Athletic squad first, which he has done. But I think he, he, he's been playing really well. I'm, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm very surprised with how good Jordan Jones has been, if I'm being perfectly honest. And he's he's, uh, he's swayed me, absolutely superb stuff. right, Tuesday, BFL, BSM Trophy, Bristol Street Motors. Tranmere away?
1: Yeah, so it's the first game under the new branding of the Bristol Street Motors Trophy. And Tranmere, to be honest, are a side that I know very, very little about. Obviously, they're not in the same league as us, so I don't really follow them. But I messaged uh, Gab Sutton and I just asked, like, if you've got any knowledge on them, can you please let me know? And he said that they've got one of the larger squads in the league, but they've got problems in about seven of the 11 positions for a variety of reasons, ranging from imbalances and absent of a required type to injuries and loss of form. There's quite a lot of discontent at the moment around the club due to ownership issues, but they are quite hopeful of a takeover. And they're sat 22nd in League 2. They've got four wins, one draw and 12 losses so far. And that puts them on 13 points, which is four off Grimsby who sit one place above them. But they are level with Forest Green Rovers, and two points above Sutton United, who obviously knocked us out in a cup a while ago, and they're bottom of the table. But in the last five results in all competitions, they recently got a 3-0 home victory over Forest Green Rovers. They went away to Stevenage in the FA Cup, and it was a 4-3, so that was quite impressive that they managed to do that. Then before that, a 2-0 away loss to Stockport County, a 1-0 away loss to Morecambe, and a 2-1 home loss to Doncaster Rovers. In the EFL Trophy... They've played two so far, which they had a 2-0 away loss to Fleetwood. Dan Pike was sent off in the 72nd minute, I think gave away a penalty. And then Fleetwood ended up getting two goals quite quickly after that. And they had a 1-0 home loss to Leicester City under-21s. Obviously, we beat them 7-1. And it was a Silco Thomas ninth-minute goal. But Tranmere in that game, they had 74% possession, 20 shots to their two, and eight on target to their two, and they still ended up losing 1-0 so they just couldn't hit the target but there's a few one to watch players Connor jennings is 32 year old forward 17 games in the league so far with four goals and three assists he got an assist against forest green last time out and josh hawks 24 year old midfielder plays more on the left side four goals this season in the league but he hasn't scored since the 23rd of september where he got a penalty kick and a goal against accrington and luke norris 30 year old forward one goal and two assists in six games Scored a penalty against Stevenage in that game. And he also got a goal and assist against Harrogate in a 3-0 win. Charlie Jolly and Chris Merry both play for them. Obviously, former Latics Academy players. And also Nigel Adkins, who I learned just before the podcast, he actually was a goalkeeper for us. A little bit before my time, but 155 games I think he played for us. But he's he's had a strange time at Tramme. He got appointed as technical director on May 27th. September the 10th, they ended up sacking the manager, Ian Dawes, and he went as caretaker manager. And now he's just signed a contract for the next two seasons as their full-on manager. So a little bit of a wild ride for them, but that explains their ownership issues.
0: He's all right now, isn't he? he's, uh, he's he's done, done the business at Southampton and all and, and various other places. Preview
1: then leads us on to a ref watch. And for this game, we have Manchester official Simon Mather. He's in his third season as a national list referee. And Simon Mather hasn't been in charge of any Lattice games previously. Looking at his card record over the last three seasons, though, 346 yellows and 24 reds in just 77 games. suggests we probably would have remembered if if we did have him. And I'm quite glad that he wasn't in charge of any of our games this season because we've been giving away a few silly fouls. But Cardwatch this season has taken charge of 13 games, issued 66 yellow cards, 8 reds and awarded 2 penalty kicks. Previous with Tranmere, we've played Tranmere 23 times down the years, winning eight, drawing nine and losing six. We've actually met five times in the EFL Trophy of the different guises, you know, the Freight Rate, Sherpavan, Leyland, Daft, Johnston's pain. We've won three, drawing and losing one each. And we last met in 2020, which is a 2-2 at Prenton Park, with Harry McHugh scoring a screamer for the Latics, which I think was his first goal for us. And Tranmere won the bonus point on a penalty shootout, which was 3-1.
0: I remember that game very well. I watched that on iFollow. It was during our, our admin season, and with a team full of kids, and Harry McHugh hit one from about fifty-five yards. I swear he was on the air line when he hit it, and it was like a like a an intercontinental ballistic missile straight into <laughs> the top corner. Yeah, a super goal. I think he, that put us actually put us two-one uh, up, and they equalised. And um, like I said, we ended up losing on penalties. <laughs> That was another occasion where you were full of kids and you were dead proud of them all and they all played really well. So,
1: Speaking of kids as well, our academy, Harry McHugh actually scored last Tuesday and it was a 5-1 loss for Wigan against Sheffield United under-21s, but he scored the goal, which put us 3-1 up. We we just didn't have enough for them. Sheffield United is such a great academy. They won it last year and they're on course to win it again. But our under-18s yesterday on Saturday 11th, they got their first win of the season. It was a 3-0 against Coventry City now get some one win two draws and seven losses there's no idea on lineup or goal scorers though because nobody's reported on it so either way it's a really great achievement for them I know they've struggled this season but hopefully they can kick on but unfortunately the Wigan Athletic women's team they were due to play their first women's FA Cup first round proper and it was a called off game I don't think they could get the pitch ready in time I think it was
0: waterlogged yeah that was Ashton Town. it's uh, put a lot of rain down this past uh, Forty-eight hours, so not surprised. Not surprised. Right, are we having some predictions? Shall I go first? Tranmere yep. versus Wigan Athletic, Penta Park, Bristol Street Motors Trophy. I'm going for a one-two win for Wigan Athletic.
1: Yeah, I think it'd be nice to go into our final game before the actual international break. I don't think that a lot of our players are actually available. I think a lot of the internationals won't be around for it because they need to go away. I imagine that we're going to do a centre back pairing of. Watson, Reckick, to be honest. Morrison and Hughes are both away. Might do a 4-2-3-1. But yeah, I hope they, they put in a performance that we can actually be proud of this time. Trammer is going to be a very, very different opposition. But I'm going to say 4-1
0: to Wigan. Very confident. Good job Pete's not here. probably have his down for losing 5-0, won't he? Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> with no games coming up over the next 10 days, uh, we're going to have a bit of a, a rest before we go into the festive periods. We'll be back. A week on Wednesday when we're going to preview the Leighton Orient game and reflect back on our progress in the Bristol Bristol Street Motors Trophy and we'll probably know by then who we're playing in uh, the next round. So until then, it's up the ticks and come on.
1: Up the ticks.